This podcast is sponsored by Pearson, the team that brings you the self, Goldman Fristo, and now the new PPVG5 and EVG3. Enjoy a special 10% pre-publication discount when you order these vocabulary tests before December 31st, 2018. Learn more at pearsonclinical.com backslash PPVG5. Hey, Rachel, we got a special holiday episode coming up. Want to tell everyone about it? Yeah, I'm really excited. So it's with us from Talking With Tech. We are also with Mailing Chan from Exceptional Leaders and Matt Hott from Speech Science. We all got together and Chris was wearing a very spectacular Christmas outfit. Um, you know, he definitely showed us all up in the, the wardrobe department um, and he had a really cool holiday hat, which I'll have to ask you where you got because I, I kind of want one. Um, but yeah, we just, we, we just, Excited for the holidays that we were just going to come together and, and all have a, a really fun discussion about why we started podcasts and what the podcast experience is like. Uh, it's a lot of behind the scenes types of things. Um, so if you haven't listened to the other podcasts, I would recommend that you, you check them out, Exceptional Leaders and Speech Science, and definitely stay tuned for our holiday episode. Hello and welcome to the Exceptional Podcast Network Christmas or Holiday Extravaganza. I'm Matt Hot of Speech Science, joined around the country by Mei Ling Chan of Exceptional Leaders. Hello, everyone. He always Rachel, does this to you. <laughs> Rachel Mado of Talking with Tech. Hey, guys. And Chris Bouguet of Talking with Tech. Happy holidays, everybody. I love this time of year. Disney movies are on and we all get to hang out together. It's so exciting for me. Me too. Isn't it fun? It's, it's, uh, it's such a good time to get together with your friends and loved ones and uh, celebrate all the awesome stuff that's going on. Yeah, and listen to Christmas music. I've been listening to Christmas music nonstop and probably annoying everyone around me, but I don't care. There's only one month a year I can do this. Thank you. One month. Yes. Unless one. you're my mother-in-law who listens to it all year long. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like though Christmas has started like before Halloween this year which I feel like every year it just gets a little bit worse. And I just, I'm offended by it. I don't know about you guys, but I, I, don't, I don't like it. Don't you get mad? Like you walk into the stores, you're like, what? There's a Christmas tree. We haven't even gotten through Thanksgiving. Yeah, I was really mad when I saw all those Christmas trees. I'm, I'm not kidding. I saw it next to Halloween stuff. I was like, yep. this is totally wrong. I don't know if Do that's just LA. Consumer Do not step on Halloween. Do not step on Halloween. That is my absolute favorite. Yeah, at the Bouguet house. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know about you guys, but I just got back from Disney and celebrating Christmas with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and the Ice Christmas Palace with Anna and Elsa. I'm ready for opening gifts tomorrow. That's where I'm at. That is so cool. Who, who doesn't get into Christmas with Disney? Captain Hook, Hades. <laughs> back, guys. That's what I've learned this past week. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I am so excited to have everybody, all of our voices from the Exceptional Pod ne Podcast Network to hear together. It's just amazing. And um, we record on the Zoom channel, so get to get to see everyone is even more fun. This is really fantastic. So thanks, guys, for joining us for a special holiday episode. So I had a, a great idea is that I was going to ask them a bunch of questions for like a behind the mic or behind the scenes of podcasting. So we'll, we'll start with some easy ones. Are you guys ready? Okay, so my first one is, um, it's a pretty open question. What's the hardest part of actually being a podcast host? 
That's easy. It's working with the, your, your co-host, your hope. I mean, that, when they're terrible, it's like, <laughs> oh, gosh, so I couldn't hard. agree more. The show on your, on your shoulder. <laughs> Chris, at least your co-host doesn't have like shirts with her name on it or anything. <laughs> Listen, I'm offended, Chris. You know, you know, you love seeing this face every Friday. <laughs> really, that's the truth. To, to be honest, Rachel, it's, um, I mean, we've talked about this on the show before, but, um, when we don't get to meet on a, on a weekly basis, that's probably the hardest part. Like uh, having to, to schedule it on an off day or something like that. I think I speak for both of us that we look forward to to recording together. And uh, it's like a little club that we have and we get to talk about AEC for an hour and a half or two hours a week. And it's just, uh, you know, it's like gelling with your friends, you know, it's just, it's, it's something to look forward to. And it's really nice because I feel like we we bring the the good points of our week we bring sometimes bad things that happen you know it's really it's really nice to be able to bounce ideas off of each other and i feel like it's just it's one of those things where i just feel really grateful to have that and if i am answering the question i feel like the hardest part is um you know it, it is a huge time commitment i mean and i i jumped into the podcast it was over a year ago we had our birthday in november and it was exciting and i was like sure i'd love to be on a podcast about aac and then i didn't realize you know what that entailed and that's a lot of hours of talking you know not only to chris when we're recording but also all the interviews that we do um, so that's that's been I guess challenging at some level, but at the same time, it like Chris says, it's really fun just chatting and talking AAC every week with him. Um, I feel really lucky. You guys make it seem so easy. Is it? You might see this this visual some places. In fact, I was just talking to to uh, some of my colleagues about it today. There's a, a visual out there. You could you can look at look it up. Like the amount of work that people see. You know, it's that Matt's Matt's nodding. The iceberg, right? The iceberg, exactly yeah. right. Um, or there's another one. So the iceberg, if, you have, if you're not familiar, it's uh, people see the tip of the iceberg and that's all they see. And then there's just this giant b- bunch of ice underneath it. And that's what people see with the podcast. They see the little work that comes out like a- every week, it, but there's this giant amount of work that happens underneath. You know, A very similar one is uh, the person that's uh, flipping, the, the, they're juggling plates. Have you seen that one? So the person on stage is juggling plates and everyone in the audience sees the person juggling plates, but behind them is a series of steps with all these broken plates and people don't see all the the flubs and the mistakes and then like it it comes out polished and looks good but it took hours and hours and hours of time to uh, to get chris never disappoints with a a good metaphor (laughs) (laughs) he's known on our podcast for all of his metaphors and they're fantastic i'm not even saying this to to cheese i i love his metaphors and and i now use them i I don't know if you guys run into it and maybe it's a different show and different feel that way but i find like hosting the the difficult part is having to play devil's advocate to my co-host or devil's advocate to the interview person. So even though they may be saying something that I agree with 150%, I feel like kind of as that host, I've got to be able to say, well, what about people that don't feel that way? Or, you know, I'm I'm trying to talk to those people. Oh, yeah. Sometimes that's hard because I'm like, oh, I want to say how great you are. But okay, now I got to say why I might disagree if I see the other side. That's the that's the part I struggle with the most is trying to be fair and balanced as they Oh Matt, I I couldn't agree more. I, I find myself as the person who's doing the interview, you're thinking about, okay, if I was an audience member listening to this, 
how would I be hearing it? And mm-hmm. so as the, as the podcast host, sometimes you have to ask what would be maybe a, a basic question, like, uh, what is core vocabulary? Like, you yes. got to stop them and say, like, don't use this jargon that I know, I know, I know, and I know, you know, who might be like a freshman in, uh, in their first course of, of college isn't going to know this jargon. So we got to come and it kind of makes us look like we don't know what we're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but you have to, you have to put that role on so that, so that it makes it more um, accessible to everybody who's listening. Absolutely. I have to work on taking the I out of it a lot because I want to jump in and go, when I did that or, you know, the last time I experienced that and it's like you shouldn't be saying I only once in a while. You know, I, I know that that's it's relative and we are experts in the things that we're talking about or at least we have experience in it. But, yeah, the focus is on the person that you're talking to. And so you want to bring out the questions that you know your listeners want to know. And in my mind, I'm like, but I know that answer. <laughs> I also find that it's really challenging to not only think about something really relevant to say in the moment when you're having a conversation with someone, but you're also simultaneously trying to say it in a very eloquent way. So, you know, we before we hopped on, we were talking about editing and editing out all our fillers and all these things. And, you know, it's 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 really hard to say something really profound, but also say it in a way that doesn't include lots of fillers and things like that. So that's a a, a constant challenge of mine. Exactly. So I have two things here. I wanted to go back to what Chris was saying is all the stuff that happens in the background, you know, you're getting the show notes and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like Rachel just breezes in and her voice is perfect every time. And there's a wisp. I even said this because I saw her Asha. She literally, when she shows up, there's a wisp of her hair. It goes whoosh. (laughs) And then... (laughs) And then she's on mic and everything that comes out is eloquent and and smart and everybody just loves her. It's awesome. Listen, it takes a lot of practice, let me tell you. I mean, I don't know where this wind that's that's coming and blowing my hair is, but um, it's interesting to, to listen back actually to earlier podcasts because... I definitely didn't sound as good as I sound now. And it's, it's been a practice. And I oftentimes think about the clients that we're serving, you know, and like, especially in fluency, it always reminds me of fluency because we're asking someone to kind of think about the way that they're talking um, or articulation. We're asking someone to stop, you know, not only think about what they want to say, but also how they say it. So I think it's, it's interesting when you think about it through the lens of, you know, the clients that we're working with too. When I used to do radio, one of the things I hated was doing air checks, which is where you had to listen to yourself and then critique yourself and then tell the, uh, the person who we paid to tell us what we did wrong, how you were going to improve yourself. So it was one of those things where you're like, yeah, okay. I sound way too excited to come out of every break. And and I think that kind of carries over into this where you just go, okay, I'm going to listen to myself. And, And I'm kind of the opposite where, I don't try to edit out everything that makes me sound dumb Um, on the show. It's kind of a running joke that I'm kind of the everyday SLP that doesn't know anything. And and I purposely will ask the questions that I know someone out there is asking. And I'll leave in if I ask the dumb question that gets shut down very quickly by some of my interview people or some of the co-hosts that will say, Matt, no, that's dumb. (laughs) And And I'll leave that in most of the time just because I feel that helps somebody that's listening in their car who is the person that's too afraid to raise their hand in the back of the conference and say, listen, I don't, I've been an SLP for 15 years and I don't know what core words are. Right. So, yeah. but our show's a little bit different. We're, we're, our, our market's a little bit, little bit different than, than the talking with tech or the exceptional leaders. That's great. That brings me to my next question, which is dig deep guys. What's the dumbest thing you've said on a show? And 
<laughs> so here's mine. Um, Danielle Reed was editing my first ones, which I thought were, you know, this is my a friend who's a colleague jumping on a um, an interview with me, and we'll see how this goes, right? So I did like six or seven of them, and in like three or four of them, I'm terrible at math. And so I'll be like, oh, so you started in, you know, 1972, so that makes you like 23? <laughs> you know, something ridiculous. <laughs> so Danielle's listening. She's like, you got to get a calculator next to you. <laughs> I think that we could all probably yeah, say the same thing about ourselves. We didn't get into speech therapy because we're good at math. <laughs> so anybody have any other good stories? Uh, I sparked a controversy on an episode when we were talking about RPM. Ooh, and that's the easy one to I, have controversy around. So... Soma, the the wonderful lady who created RPM, uh, her and I got into a wonderful email exchange because of things I've said on air. And then I got kicked down of and yelled at in certain Facebook groups. So I think maybe that would be the, the that I didn't, I had sorely underestimated the RPM community when mm-hmm. I said some of the things I've said. I mean, I, I don't walk them back. It's still what I, what I felt at the time, but That would definitely be the dumbest thing was I didn't think far enough ahead (laughs) about being, I I thought everyone would be like, yeah, Matt, you're great. That's a great idea. Let's agree with that. I was not expecting the pushback. Well, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but I feel like I have to remind myself that that these podcasts go out into the universe and people actually listen because, you know, when Chris and I are just talking, sometimes I forget people actually listen to this and it makes an impact. One of actually our most recent episodes Uh, I was talking about, I was sharing a story about a situation that happened to me with a LA based SLP who I connected with and kind of had a bad conversation with because she was basically saying this child can't do anything. And she really, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I talk about it on the episode and, you know, I, I didn't think twice. I recorded the episode and then, uh, when it aired, I started getting an influx of messages from all these LA based speech therapists, like which, which SLP are you talking about? We heard your episode. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And then of course I had to go listen to it. I'm like, what did I say? What did I say? So I don't know. I don't know if you guys can can relate to that, but it feels like I have to remind myself that this is actually going into the universe. Yeah, I, you know, I, I have that hat on all the times. Uh, every episode, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm about to tell a story, people are going to know, like, oh my gosh, Chris is talking about me. You know, having been on social media for so long, always reminding before I hit the send button reread it and say, is this positive? Am I putting a positive spin on whenever this is uh, to make a change? And there's been a handful of times uh, that I have not done that, where I have, you know, tweeted in frustration or didn't word it the right way. And when you're recording the podcast, it's harder to stop and reflect for a second before you say it, you know? Uh, it just comes out and there there it goes, it's there, you know? And there have been times where um, I'll, I'll uh, text our audio producer or say, okay, hey, I said this, can you listen to it again and make sure I don't come off too like haughty, like, oh, I know everything or I'm, you know, denigrating some population by accident, you know what I mean? Or And so those are the moments where I want to try and check myself, you know. I think anybody comes home uh, frustrated some days and they they talk to significant others or family members or friends or whatever, and they, they vent, you know, and it, you this could be a platform for venting and it's really not meant to be that, right? I don't think anyone would want to listen to people just ranting, you know, and and be keeping it negative, right? I mean, uh, there can be a little bit of that, I think, but for the most part, it's got to be a positive place. People want to have a good experience when listening to it. And that goes to Rachel before we started, asked if I edit every episode. And that's one of the reasons I don't give up the reins of the editing of the podcast. 
I know sometimes I'm purposely asking a dumb thing or, or walking myself into to a uh, verbal trap just to to prove a point. But sometimes upon listening back, I'm like, oh, that is not what I wanted it to sound. Delete that whole thing. Right. <laughs> That's why I'm like, oh, I will never. I know so a couple of people are like, why don't you give that up? I'm like, I don't want to. Because I've said too many dumb things that I've had to cut out that I don't <laughs> want some audio producer going, Ah, he probably meant that. Yeah. Okay, so this brings me to a, a kind of off question, but what's the strangest thing you've worn while recording, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for the podcast, I mean, right now, because it's the holiday episode, I'm wearing my Christmas hat. You know, it's uh, this wire hat with a little spinny. Sorry, I moved away from the mic there, but uh, it's like a wire-framed, uh, kind of like a, a Grinch hat. And I'm wearing, you can't see hat. it. I'm a, well, yeah, Whoville, that's exactly it. And uh, wearing my Pikachu Pokemon shirt, my holiday Pikachu shirt. So I guess pretty weird, I guess. But mostly I'm in my pajamas right now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, in case anyone gets... is wondering, this is a audio podcast. And Chris, <laughs> on the microphone, in the camera, modeling everything for us. <laughs> yeah, he definitely wins best dressed, for sure. I'm wearing, like, all black. <laughs> <laughs> I've worn a baby while podcasting before. <laughs> Explain yourself. Uh, so our show is at a year and a half. And I think my, and I think, I know that my youngest son is just turned two. And there have been a couple of times where he's been asleep in my arms as I've either done the voiceover part or did part of the show. And if you go back, it's probably episodes right around episodes 10 through 15. You'll hear me. I'm like, Hey guys, welcome to Speech Science. This is not hot. <laughs> like I'm like I'm not. I don't want to wake this guy up because if I do, I'm in trouble. <laughs> That's, That's funny. Got anything, Rachel? You know, I'm like thinking. I I don't know, Chris. Have I ever, ever worn anything weird? I mean, I I've worn like a baseball hat. That's not that weird though. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I I always because we record video. I always like in the back of my head think we might use this video one day. Someone might post something one day where my video is shown. And so I just I need have, to. I have something for that. And you are a hundred percent right. So back when we were doing the YouTube live part of speech science, when we were trying to do that live, I put together a quick video of just us talking. And I took everything from all the different zoom video recordings. And there were a couple of times as the video flashes across the screen, you can just see, Myself and the two original hosts were all like in t-shirts and it looks, some, I'm like not shaved for a whole month and a half at one point. And I'm like, oh, if that's the first image, that, this does not look like a therapy podcast. This looks like beer fantasy football. <laughs> well, Matt, with your radio experience, right? I'm, I know there's this phenomenon, like where you listen to a podcast for a while, listen to a radio show for a while. And if they, people don't know what you look like, they have this vision of what you look like. They create, you know, the, the, the caricature of what in their mind. And then they go over to look at the video and they're like, oh, that's not what I thought Chris yeah. looked like at all. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I ran into that when I was a producer and I had to interview people bringing the largest green object they could to the radio station. And I would be out in the parking lot and they're like, are you, are you Matt the producer? And I'm like, hey, yeah, that's me. And they're like, you don't look anything like what we th you you sound much cooler than you look and i'm like thanks total nerd let's go let's interview you and your prison inmates come on 
That's great. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that we talking with tech is, is lucky, I guess, because we have our photos on our image, like on our podcast art. So I feel like at ASHA, people definitely knew who I was. But I will say actually at ASHA, I was standing talking to someone. It was, I think at the PRC booth or something like that. And somebody like was right next to me and they like looked over and they were like, I know that voice. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was kind of creepy, but I mean, also like very flattering. I really liked that, but I was like, wow, people know my voice. I guess they do because I'm a podcast host. That is so cool. And she's so modest. So I got to spend actual like one-on-one -on -one time with her and we went out with all of the other SLP podcasters and she was like fanned in a bar. People coming up to her and they're like, you changed my life. And we made all these changes at the district. And we were all looking like, oh, my God. Yes. Was, yeah. yeah, it was deep. But she had to really, like, get into a conversation because it was real, you know? I don't even think I, sh I shared that with you, Chris. Yeah, someone came up to me and was like, <laughs> we love your podcast. I've, like, it's changed the way I practiced. People in our district have changed the way they think about AAC and using a core word approach. So, anyway, that was... Uh, yes. Really, really awesome. It was. It was fantastic. Okay, so I have um, one more question. I have three more questions for us, so just stay with me. So um, let's see. How do you stay present during your interviews? Can you can you repeat that question? I kind of think <laughs> <it> out. <laughs> what? <laughs> I get no respect here. No, this is uh, what happens when you get four hosts together in one show. We all true. go, hey, I'll talk. Um, I was just going to say it's, it's reasonably easy for me because I feel like it's usually just a conversation. And I'm actually, when I'm interviewing someone, I'm usually really curious about who they are and, you know, how they got to where they, where they got to and the really amazing work that they're doing in our field. So, um, that's actually pretty easy for me. I feel like staying present sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll be on with somebody that kind of gets really deep into research and things like that. And so my eyes kind of like glaze over a little bit and I'm like, ah. Like, stay with it, Rachel, stay with it. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's pretty easy for me, actually. I make sure that we interview people that I want to talk to, that I'm interested in. I mean, the reason why I interviewed the, the young man with autism that's a NASCAR driver is because I love NASCAR and I wanted to know. Like, so when he's talking about how the communication deficits impact his ability to talk to his pit crew, I'm genuinely interested in that because I go, oh, I have a hard time telling when I need to change a tire in my car, let alone at 180 miles an hour, let alone with a communication deficit. Uh, interviewed an SLP who does speech therapy in four languages. Wow. Like that to me is the reason why I stay present. I, you know, and maybe, maybe I'm doing a disservice, but I don't, I, I don't care sometimes when I get suggestions for an interview and go, eh. I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't, I'm not interested in that. So I don't have to glaze over or, or zone out or force myself back in because I'm making sure that like, it's the people that I want to, if I'm driving that I want to hear. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I was thinking the same thing, Matt, like this isn't some sort of, um, it isn't some sort of radio show where some, some other producer says, here, go interview you this person. You get to choose who you want to interview for the most part. And, uh, and then, and then what you're interested in is hopefully you're, you've selected that person because you think the audience will also be interested. Uh, if you serve yourself first and the audience is right there with you, then you're going to be present the, the entire time. I, I want to echo what Rachel said too, is that sometimes um, if you have the hat on of, of okay, 
I need to make sure the listeners are going to stay engaged with this. And if I'm starting to realize they're using a bunch of big words and it's starting to get too heavy and too thick, my mind goes to how can I switch this interview up? Not like I'm going to phase out and, and not pay attention to what the person's saying, but it's my mind thinks, to kind of how can I add something here to get this person to uh, explain what they're trying to say in a way that is going to be more accessible to people? Yeah, and you have to be really fast-paced about it too. Like you have to be listening to what they're saying while simultaneously thinking about how am I going to steer this interview in the right direction um, or what question am I going to ask next. It, um, it, it definitely takes a lot of uh, mental energy to do these interviews and to be a part of a podcast. I feel like takes a lot of mental energy. No, I was going to say it's almost like doing therapy. We're, we're purposely like listening to our patient and we're like, okay, tell me about your first car. Tell me about the issues you have with your memory. And as they're talking, you're like, okay, what am I going to, okay. This is, uh, yeah. Okay. Great. Follow up. Here's that random blue. And... What about you, May? How do you stay? Thank you, Chris. Yeah. This is how, the reason why I came up with this question is I had this great idea that over the summer, because I was in the schools that oh, I'm just going to bang out like 20 interviews, you know, and I'll do like three a day. It's going to be great. And so I was doing one a day, and then I was like, oh, one a day is great. I could do more. So then two a day. And I think the most I did was three, and it wasn't um, in a row, but it was like, okay, on Thursday I'm going to do three. Well, after the second, I was so mentally spent that the third one came, and, you know, the person I'm talking to is talking, and I was like, you know what? we got to do this another day. And they're, you know, about 45 minutes long because you're going to edit out things, so you want to have enough extra information. But I could not listen at the intensity that I needed to for that third interview. And so even now, I, I am blessed in that I only do four days a week. And on Fridays, I only work on exceptional ed and exceptional podcast network and leaders. I only do one interview. And if I do two, they have to be like four hours apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pacing yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's really interesting to hear, May, because you were straight killing it at the ASHA booth. So she did like 45 interviews. 60 interviews in four days. Yeah. Well, that was with Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> but here was my trick is I positioned myself so I couldn't see anybody. So visually, I didn't have any distractions. I was literally like just one-on-one -on -one looking at the person I was looking at. And then um, I insisted on everybody using the headphones. And their voice is just right in your head and it's so easy to focus and be present and it was only like a six minute interview. So I didn't do the ones that you did, Rachel. I was really actually impressed with how I thought for sure I was going to get distracted with all of the extraneous background noise. And you're right. It was really great having those headphones and I was really focused and not distracted at all. Um, a few times, actually, when I was with Matt, I feel like there was something that happened in the background when we were interviewing uh, or we were chatting together. I forget what it was. Someone was screaming or something. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was amazing actually how I, how I wasn't distracted. Yeah, it was great. It was so intimate. And in the midst of a huge, you know, 18,000 people in the exhibit hall it was amazing. Um, so I did want to make a, a comment is Lucas Stuber did come to the booth. He was there. And on one of my interviews, you can actually hear his voice in the background because he has he such lives. he is alive. Um, he has such a strong voice, but he was also facing us. And so the microphones did pick that up. And so I, when we were editing, I was like, you know, should we take that out? But it, I think just because we know his voice, just like when you work with a student with severe articulation, you, you can understand everything you know because after a while you you can pick that out so I could hear his voice and other people were like no we didn't even notice but I was like oh my god listen he's having a conversation <laughs> that was great okay so I want to get serious now we're at the end here um, I want each of you to tell us 
why did you say yes to starting a podcast? You personally, like there's no way you would have known what this would have become, where you would be now, all of that. But why did you say yes? Vanity, to be honest. <laughs> no, like you, you laugh, Rachel, but like, so I, I, my background, radio and TV. I did sports play-by-play for four years. I was on an ESPN network doing Little League play-by-play. So I, I left that to do something more, which was the, the speech therapy and, and something that gave back more. But there was still a part of me that wanted to be creative and wanted to be in front of something. It didn't matter if no one listened. It was still that idea that for me that like uh, there was something missing there. So it kind of boils down to a little bit of a vanity project that I really wanted to do. I just wanted to interview people that I wanted to know stuff from, that I wanted to gain knowledge from. And and it was nice when uh, May told me like, oh my gosh, you're the person I listen to. And I was like, that's so cool. There's somebody that's, fulfilling that vanity need that I need to hear. But ultimately, that's kind of why I said yes or or started. It was just because there was a a void that wasn't filled anymore. So that's where I'm at two years later. So similar to that, I have a background in journalism as well. um, And I felt like it was interesting because I was really interested in journalism. And then I totally switched gears and was like, I'm going to be a speech therapist. And then of course, full circle, like back to journalism. And I felt I I wanted to create and I love creating things and I'm passionate about AAC. And I think those two things just like kind of came together for me and, you know, coupled with I want to make a really big impact. And I felt like, you know, just seeing kids one-on-one, that wasn't big enough for me. I've always been a big, big picture thinker. And I've always kind of been shooting for the stars. That's always been my personality. And so I felt like this was an opportunity to have an audience um, and really make an impact. And I, and I'm really excited because I feel like we are, I've been talking to our listeners and listening to their stories and how our podcast has helped them. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was an opportunity to to do more and to reach a, a a greater audience and for a greater good. For me, I had to say yes twice because this the Talking with Tech podcast is the second podcast that I've been. I mean, really, the third podcast that I've been involved with. Uh, the first one was the AT Tips Cast, which I started back in two thousand eight. And the reason that started, why I wanted to do podcasts in the first place is I was listening to a bunch of podcasts and there was not anything on assistive technology. I think there was one prior to the, to that one. And um, I had the great experience, Rachel, like you said, you hit the magic word, I think, which is create. You know, I had the great experience of working on a great team to develop a, a team. We had a, We had a lot of agency where we could develop our own policies and procedures and really build something that didn't exist before. And then it was built, you know, it was just, uh, we, we had put the, the stone together and now it was just, we were all pushing it up the hill. Um, so it felt like it was, um, it was already created. Uh, and so it was like, what's the next thing to create? And I was looking around thinking, well, what about a podcast? I listen to podcasts. Why don't, why don't I create a podcast? And so same thing too, Rachel, when you say you look back at the, the early episodes, I look back to the early episodes of the AT Tips cast back in 2008 and oh, <laughs> You know, you, I hear my voice and I, how like robotic I was and I need to make sure I do not mess anything <laughs> up. You know? um, and now it's uh, much more fluid, I hope. And I, I, I found my, 
where I, that needed that podcast needed to be and, and found out what it was going to be for me and did that for many years until the point where uh, Matt, my kids got older, you know, like you have a young, young child that's two <laughs> years old, you know, they take naps and naps on bed is when you're doing your audio editing, right? Right. So right. Uh, they got older and it's like, okay, I don't have time to do that editing as much anymore. Um, plus, after you do it for a while, people start going, oh, I, I trust, I trust him. I trust what he, can, maybe we should have him do a presentation. Maybe we, maybe we have him write a book, you know, because I know that guy, I know he's doing good work. You're a known quantity. And so all that eats up even more time. And so the reason I said yes to the Talking With Tech podcast is uh, twofold. One, when Lucas approached me, I was already familiar with the work you guys were doing on the speech science. And uh, that word science really rung, rung out to me. Like, uh, I want to hang what we do on the research that exists, you know. And so I think we try and keep a base of that in the Talking With Tech podcast at all times. I mean, in some episodes where it's uh, uh, maybe a little more feel-good episode, but, but there's still a, an underlying current of what's the current research, what's the research telling us, and how do we put that into practice. Um, and so there was that aspect of, uh, of starting the, the talking with tech. And the second one was Lucas promised that he would do the audio editing or someone else. And now I've kept up with it because it's been such a great experience. Like we mentioned before, you know, Rachel and I have a, I, you know, we just have a great time doing it together uh, and working with Luke, our producer and Michaela, who's our audio producer. Uh, they're just a fantastic team. And when you have a fantastic team, you want to hold on to that as long as possible. Chris, how do you feel like podcasting has changed? You were there in 2008 and now it's 2018. Do you feel that anything has changed or is it still kind of the same way for you? Or? Uh, no, I think there's a, just many more podcasts. And um, for years there, and I think, you know, May and, May and I have had this conversation before, but um, uh, I think there are still a large number of people that don't even know what a podcast is. But that number is smaller now than it was back in 2010, you know, uh, when podcasting came out, it was came around the same time as iPods. And so people, and yes, you could listen to podcasts on iPods, but that wasn't the pod in podcast is for, uh, on demand, right? Personal on demand. Oh. Uh, yeah, not it. So it didn't wasn't really related to the iPod at all. It's just a coincidence that they came out together. I, I remember listening to podcasts on iTunes on my computer, not, you know, and I didn't even have an iPod. I would put my computer in the passenger seat of my car and I would drive because we didn't have an audio, <laughs> uh, an aux jack, you know, at the time. So that's how I think it's changed. There's more people. I think we owe a lot of that to Serial, to be honest with you, you know, the podcast Serial. There was a huge resurgence in podcasting uh, when that first people, everyone was talking about Serial. And so I think there's more people now and there's still not enough, you know. Seems like everyone and their brother has a podcast now, you know. True. Cool. Absolutely. Um, I just have this celebrity complex, and I've had it for years. You guys know I started Yap Guru back in 2012, and I loved meeting the blogger, you know, the the um, the person behind all of that amazing information that they're putting out there. Be like, oh my god, you know, this is really that person. Um, the app developers, you know, meeting Barbara Fernandez for the first time was just incredible to me. That um, you know, she comes from another country, English was not her first language, and then she just creates this huge, enormous publishing app publishing company is just incredible. And I have such a respect for that. And so I've kind of you know carried that with me, um, being an entrepreneur myself and other 
other areas, you know, we do other things, but I can see and I can value and I can respect all of that. And so when I started talking with Lucas and Matt and everybody on the team, I immediately got that little seed and I thought, you know how great this would be that I could highlight people and their stories and how they're they're doing it and, and being successful and hopefully incentivizing other people who have those little ideas. Um, you know, I think everybody in our field has that book idea or a presentation or a product or a foundation. I mean, just as I'm already, you know, I've done a couple of episodes, so I'm nowhere near where you guys are. And and my episodes are probably that I'll look back and listen to myself and be, you know, cringing. But I am, I'm like Matt, like, I can't wait for the next question. I have like six questions already planned for this person. And as they're talking, I have more, like, I almost have to like, that, you know, proverbial sit on your hands to let them talk because I'm like, oh my God, and then what about this? And then how did you do that? And, you know, so for me, it's so natural and I cannot wait to get my next guest on because I'm just, I'm just dying to know. And I love that feeling of I'm talking to a celebrity and I don't mean like, you know, I did see Tony Robbins this week, everyone, this was a big deal, but that, of course, that's a celebrity, right? He had bodyguards around him, like four or five as he's walking through the crowd. So, you know, we're not like that, but my celebrities are these just amazing people that are raising their hands and doing things and committing themselves. So I say they, they commit themselves to helping people with disability, special needs, you know, even if it's a caregiver. So now you have a parent and, you know, they've had a stroke or they've had something or your your spouse and now you're committing your life and all of a sudden something amazing comes out of this. So I've just I've just been amazed. And people with disabilities, I mean, they shock me. There's just so many things that you just keep seeing how small the world is and how much more you can do. And that's the space that I just love to be in. And so having this as a medium for me is just, I'm like a kid in a candy store. So it's been fun. Uh, Okay, so one more question. And I think everybody's asking everybody this at this time of the year, because it is December. What is your goal for your role in the podcast for next year? Yeah, I think my goal for the podcast uh, and my role in the podcast is to continue to um, find awesome people to interview I think collectively, I think Rachel and I have talked about um, trying to get more users and more family members on the uh, as interviews because we do a lot of talking about people with disabilities and not enough talking to people with disabilities, you know. And so, if we could do more of that, I think that would be a good a a good uh, way to go. It'd be a goal. It'd be a goal for the 2019 year is to have more people with disabilities on our on our podcast to talk about their communication triumphs and, and tribulations and challenges and, and how they've become uh, the people they are today. Uh, so I think that more interviews uh, of that nature. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think um, I have a, a goal as well of I want everybody who's an AAC celebrity to be on our podcast. And we've had a lot. We had Carol Zangari and, you know, Jill Center and Matt Bod and like all of these people who are doing amazing things. But like, I want all of them. Like if you're well known in the AAC world, like you must be on our podcast. Yeah. So that's my goal is maybe in 2019, get all of those, get all of those AAC celebrities on. I would add too, Rachel, that I think we are, have found some people. There are people on our podcast that are the up and coming celebrities, right? So they're, you'll, in five years, they will be those people, you know? And then where do they start? Well, they were, we found them first. You know what I mean? We had the interview with them that kind of maybe kicked it off or that was like, oh, I listened to you. I trust you because I heard you on the podcast. What if you come and did presentations for us? You know, that kind of thing. I think for speech science, the goal would be to have more interactions with the audience and to keep it going into our third year 
with the same energy that we brought when we first started. And then we took a break and then came back with some more energy, uh, almost kind of like seasons on a, on a TV show. I, I think that would be my goal is that when we're sitting down next year at this time, I'm not saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. We're at whatever episode. I'm hoping I'm saying, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We're doing this next year. And I, and I think that if, if, we, if I can say that next year, then I'll say that the whole year has been a success. Matt, when you said uh, audience engagement, that is awesome too. We've talked about that. How do we get the participants who listen to be participants that do above and beyond? And we get quite a bit of activity on the Facebook group, but we've been trying to brainstorm other ways. What what kind of ideas do you have for um, for audience engagement? I'm looking at like I was looking at your guys's iTunes, and I see that you guys have 80 wonderful ratings and reviews, and I think I've got. Let me pull it up. 33. So I have no idea I'm doing it wrong, but I'll say the, honestly, the coolest thing audience engagement wise was a listener from Australia couldn't call in because of somehow when we changed the number to a Columbus, whatever. So she recorded it and emailed it in her voice. Wonderful. Yes. And that, that's what I want. Like someone to tell us, Hey, you guys are idiots or Oh my gosh, we love what you're saying. Uh, my, you know, my background. I'm, I'm. I want you to tell me what I'm doing wrong or what I'm doing right. So, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. Even, you know, maybe when I go to Asha in Orlando, if it's just one person coming up and saying, "Hey, I really loved listening to it." That's enough for me. But you know, I would also love to get to 35 ratings and reviews. <laughs> Full disclosure, Matt. I've yes. been begging people on the podcast to leave us a review. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I, I like yeah. mention it once every three months. I'm like, oh, by the way, don't forget to go to iTunes. And Rachel made it a challenge. She made it a challenge. She made it a goal. She said, by the end of the year, we're going to have a hundred. And we mention it every time. And she, we, we talk about the number that we're at. So it, uh, it's a way to, you know, people get involved with challenges. I know I do, you know, we all did the ice bucket challenge. I'm sure. Right. I, I've True. done my 22 push-ups in 22 days, you know, um, challenge whatever the challenge might be i'm up for it and i think a lot of other people are as well well matt if they don't recognize your voice they're going to recognize your face at asha next year oh my gosh i don't know <laughs> so in full disclosure i don't even know how that whole thing happened it just was like Wait, I don't tell know people blue. people might not know what you're talking about so, so asha got- has a advertising campaign called the power of the seas i believe or the something of the seas and they do these wonderful stories about people that are doing wonderful and great things that are SLPs that have their C's. There's principals and there's people that have started clinics. And for some reason, they called me and asked me about what am I doing with the C's. And and we did it as like a podcast interview, which is up on their website, which is really cool for just a publicity thing. But for some reason, then they said, hey, you would be really cool to have a poster of yourself at ASHA. Are you okay with that? And I'm like, well, yeah. Can I get a copy of this poster? Because my mom and my wife need a life-size version of my face somewhere to hang in the house. And they said, no, we can't give that to you, but it will be life-size. So I thought, life-size, I'm 5'10", 5'11", if I wear really nice shoes, six foot if I wear boots. So I assumed that life-size was going to be like 10 inches in height, maybe, And then I get this picture from Rachel and and May that 
my the top of my head to the middle of my chest is almost a human in height. I am no <laughs> how like the life size. I am like the giant and Jack and the giant. Like when I when I, my one friend Jamie, she sent me the picture and she's like, "When did you become a celebrity?" And I was like, "Oh, that's really cool!" Like because it was there was nothing and it just looked. I was like, "Oh, that's." That's actually kind of, I like that. That's pretty cool. And then I get the picture of you guys standing next to it. I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I was looking for like table height. I was, you know, I'm looking for table height. I'm all, as we're walking around, I keep looking for table height. And then I go up the elevator. I'm like, there he is. <laughs> I would have sent a much better headshot than the one of me in my backyard just hanging out like, hey, geez. Let's send this in if I it knew it was going to be that big. It was a good picture. It definitely was. Yes. Your, yes. Hey, what's your goal? See, Chris is so good to me. Thank you so much. I was I was actually just going to go on to the end of this, but thank you. So what I need is, because I'm so new and I've only dropped, I think, 10 episodes, is I need feedback for people to let me know what they want. And I think I'm still building my audience. Um, we've done a great job of bringing in the people who love the people that I'm I'm sharing. So I've I've done great with most of my episodes are like 80 to 120 listeners, which is I think it's amazing. Um, but that's because it comes with the credibility of the person that I'm interviewing. Right. So they get to hear their story. So then when the next um, episode drops, you know, I'm trying to serve the audience. And we all hear this as podcasting hosts is, you know, that was a great interview. But did you serve your audience? You know, so the person that's listening, what was it worth their time? So I'm still trying to figure out are the people that are listening to me are they looking for what I'm giving them, which I think I'm pulling out the hows and the whys and the what's next so that if they're considering starting a foundation or if they're considering you know, uh, launching a product or how to market, getting these little pearls of wisdoms from people that are really doing it and doing it well, is this helpful? So um, I'm listening to you guys and I'm like, yeah, you know, I know I'm saying to people, jump on that Facebook. Um, the people who know and love me, they have no problem texting me going, hey, May, you know, you should have done more of this or that um, conversation went on too long or and that's great. You know, there's like the nitty gritties. But this is a great question for you guys is how did you know that you were on the right track or that you want to keep, you know, doing that style? And how will I know? That's a really good question. I mean, I don't I'm not sure. I do I do think that having audience engagement is is paramount because you know, we need to know how to serve you, right? We need to know what questions you have that we can find the answer to. So, I mean, easier said than done, right? But I think with social media, it's um it's a lot easier to do, and I think that at the end of the day, it comes down to just asking and asking a lot. We ask all, every episode we're, you know, asking our audience, well, what do you think? And, you know, Chris is actually really good about chiming in, you know, mid episode. Well, you know, we think this, but if you guys have a different yeah. opinion, you know, feel free to share. And so we've created a, a really strong Facebook group. I think we have well over a thousand members in our Facebook group now. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, we're always directing people to that community because we want all of our listeners in one place um, and we want them interacting and engaging. And, you know, so whenever we're, we're on air, we're asking questions about what, what do you want? What questions do you have? Um, and then whenever we're posting on social media or anything like that, at the end of our post, it's always like, well, what do you think? Let us know, leave, leave a comment. Um, so I think just asking is really a big thing. I think I do that in a very, 
passive way, you know, at the end, hey, you know, get on our Facebook and do that. But I like what you guys do. Like you're saying is Chris just jumps in and says it. Well, and we've also realized that through this challenge of trying to get a hundred uh, hundred reviews that we need to be upfront in the beginning of our episodes about the things that we want people to do because, you know, as much as our listeners love listening to our voices, they might not listen to the end every time. So we've seen a huge increase in the amount of reviews that we get if we mention in the beginning. I like that. Well, guys, you know, I have to tell you, um, I have the hat on of CEO of the Exceptional Podcast Network, but it is all of you that are making everything happen every day, every episode. And I am just the one that kind of answers emails. So I just, I want to thank you guys so much. Um, Working with you is just amazing. I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of when I get to talk about you, like tonight, I went to a uh, local, I love podcasting Phoenix group and everyone was supposed to bring their podcast show art on a lanyard which is great because it's a great talking thing well I had one that came down to like my belly button because I had three and I got to talk about all of you and actually yours are more interesting than mine usually they're like oh what is AAC is that what Stephen Hawking uses and oh speech science and I'm like yeah what about me I interview people you know No, you're doing amazing things, May. I I really love your podcast. And I think that everybody loves having a daily or weekly dose of inspiration. And we, you know, at Talking With Tech, we try to do that. But I feel like that's what encapsulates your entire show, um, which is really cool. And I think it's much needed to, to highlight the stories of not only people who are helping people with disabilities, but also people who have disabilities themselves. So I think that we need to, you need to give yourself some more credit. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, you guys are family and I hope that everybody's listening, enjoyed hearing all of us together on one podcast, which is pretty cool. And I hope that everyone has wonderful holidays with your family and friends, and we will definitely see you all in the new year. I have one more question. Yes. Oh, what's everyone's favorite holiday movie? I don't know, Margo. <laughs> Matt, you, come on! You gave me that look like you don't know what that line is. I have from. no idea what movie that's from. <laughs> I don't know, Margo. That's from Christmas Vacation when the ice comes. <gasps> <from. laughs> oh, Just, yeah. Where did all the water come from, Todd? I don't know, Margo. <laughs> so many good ones. Um, you can have meat at home. <laughs> Remember that one? It's the Christmas Vacation. <laughs> can I go to visit? I forgot. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Uh, but the answer to the answer is it's Die Hard. Die Hard is the. <laughs> I like a Christmas story. Yeah. Like, well, shoot your eye out. That one. I'm a Santa Claus movie guy, but I just read a thing that the original script called for when Tim Allen, you know, yelled at Santa and he fell off the roof and died, was that Tim Allen was supposed to come out with a gun and shoot him off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, wow. That would have been a much different movie. You know know what? Actually, I think it was a different Lampoon's one. The Christmas one is The Jelly of the Month Club. That's the one that I love. Yes, when he goes, he rants. All those are good movies. They're all classics. We could go on and on for holiday movies. I am so glad that we all got together on a holiday Christmas Kwanzaa. What's the thing from the OC? Happy Merry Christmas Kwanzaa? That's a perfect way to wrap up a holiday episode from exceptional leaders talking with tech and speech science, head to our websites. We love you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays.
You're listening to the Exceptional Podcast Network.